in this verse, I believe it can be synonymous with a trust in the Lord. And I just, we often talk here about how the offering is this kind of image of, of a gift that we're giving something to the Lord from what He's given to us, right? Everything that we have is from Him. Everything we have is by His grace. And so when we give in the offering, we're investing back. We're giving back out of what He's blessed us with. And we're kind of investing in the purposes and plans that He has in the city that we're in, in the church that we're in, and what He wants to do through that community. And I believe that this is an act of righteousness and a sacrifice and it's a de- we're declaring through our sacrifice of our gift, of our giving, of our investing in what God is doing, that we will put our trust in Him. And that's what we believe here when it comes to the offering and why it's not simply about the money or anything like that. It's about an act of worship before the Lord. And so at the same time, of course, we also believe that it's an act of as an act of worship, it's not something we do out of compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver, as Paul says. And so uh, you don't have to do it, but I do want us to understand why we do it. And that's why we take a moment to talk about this. So before they pass the hats around to take up the offering, let me just pray over it. Father, we thank you that everything we have comes from you. Lord, and that you are truly building something and doing something here in this city. And you have a call on this church this community, Father, for your purpose in this city. I thank you, Lord, that you use every cent given to you as a sacrifice, as a trust in you, wisely and for your glory and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. So, If you are here for the first time, I'll introduce myself as well. I'm Brandon. I'm the service pastor here for the English service here in Calvary Chapel. And uh, I'm excited to be here with you guys today. We're celebrating actually our last service, as Sam mentioned, of the the year. And it kind of always gets you thinking about looking back and looking forward when you're kind of reaching the end. And uh, so we're going to do the service a little bit differently today, and it's going to be a little bit more of a celebratory service. It's also our Christmas service as Calvary Chapel Church at Five. Uh, so there are, there, we are still going to have a Christmas Eve service and, and things here in the church. But for this particular congregation, this service, this is our last one. And so we want to celebrate today. We want to and so it's going to be also a bit of a party, Christmas party-ish. We've got uh, punch and lots and lots of cookies and stuff to eat and drink after the service. So you picked a good day to come, especially if you're here for the first time. And um, yeah, so we are doing a bit different. And also the message is going to be a little bit short. I've really crushed it down um, because we do want to really leave some room at the end that uh, I know a lot of you, some, some of you have to work tomorrow, and, and we want to make sure that we have time for community after the service. Uh, so we'll see. I don't have very many notes. I don't think I'll go long. That uh, has proven false in the past. We'll see how it goes. Now it's, we, have, we, we will keep it a bit shorter today, and we're going to also end after this. We'll go right into some, to a time of communion. And I think it's a good way to end the year together in communion with Christ, communion with one another, and the breaking of bread and remembering what Christ did on the cross. And then we'll do our worship time at the very end of the service. So that wasn't the whole worship time. If you're here for the first time, you're like, man, they really hate worship here. 
like one song and that's it. Done. Cut it off. You got two minutes, guys. No. We're going to do a worship time at the end of the service, and we want to leave a little bit of space um, also for prayer, if you need prayer, or um, also just a time of reflection for you personally to be thinking about maybe what God's done in your life this year, and uh, just also to be a, or anyone with a badge, which I'm not wearing, uh, would be happy to pray with you. If you see someone around you, uh, you can grab them and pray with them about anything that maybe you've been struggling with this year. We want to just kind of create a place to be refreshed and to be encouraged and to be supported as we're coming to the end of our year. And also, if you did have something maybe that God's done in your life this year and you think, hey, you know what, this could be an encouragement not just for me, but maybe for the congregation and you'd like to share it with everybody, you can just come up to me uh, during that worship time at the end of the service and uh, let me know and we'll create a space maybe in between a song uh, just to have you share that with us because we also believe in a place of not just self-encouragement, but encouraging each other. And uh, sometimes God can use your experience to speak into someone else's life as well. So that will be our service plan for today. Now, um, yeah, if you couldn't tell by now, it's Christmassy time. Got the tree, got some candles over here, lights everywhere. It's starting to feel a little more and more Christmassy. And so with that in mind, I want to kind of Think about that, thinking about that this is our last message and also that I'm trying to keep it short. And so I kind of whittled it down into one thing that I feel like we needed to be reminded of, that we need to keep in mind and keep as our focus when it comes to this time of the year, this season. What is this season really about? What is this Christmas season really about? And if you come here often, if you've ever been in a church, you know the answer is Jesus. And uh, we are going to talk about Jesus. But when we think about Christmas, I think we first, that's not typically the first thing we go to we, when we think about the Christmas season. And don't look at me all spiritual, like, I don't know what he's talking about. I am just only thinking about Jesus in the Christmas time. We have all of these different images and traditions that we kind of associate with Christmas. At least I know I do. And... Uh, especially looking around where there's a lot of different cultures represented here and a lot of different backgrounds. And so there are all kinds of different traditions we could explore, I think, in this room alone of what Christmas is. What, what do we think of when we think of Christmas time? As the days are getting colder, we had a bit of snow, makes it always feel a little more Christmassy. The lights on the, in the streets and in the houses and the trees and the windows and just starts to feel Christmassy. Maybe Christmas... For you is the Christmas market, if you're German, or if you've lived here long enough as I have. I know I always look forward to the Christmas markets. Have a glue vine. Maybe it's something else. Maybe you're going a different direction in Christmas time. Also, you just have that kind of, you love that spirit of giving and people serving each other and maybe helping in the, with the homeless or all of these different things. I know that's in the States anyway, that's very popular. Uh, this time of year, you know, everyone, the soup kitchens and all of these things are just overloaded with volunteers. Everybody just feels very giving. It's also a time for family and friends and community. You know, seeing those people that you haven't seen since the Christmas before sometimes. And eating and celebrating together. And so these are also things that we can kind of think of when it comes to Christmas time. And I'll tell you some of mine. For me, I think first of Christmas movies and Christmas cookies. 
and they just go together so well. Uh, last night, uh, we were actually preparing a bunch of cookies for today, and um, had a Christmas movie on in the background, and to me, that's, that was really a thing I grew up with, and so it just felt really Christmassy to me. I say that, uh, the truth is that I sat and watched movies while my wife made cookies, and I tasted them for you guys to make sure that they were to par. They're good. Somebody had to do it. She did the work. Just so if you enjoy the cookies, don't be like, man, great job, Brandon. No, it wasn't me. I also think of decorating, looking around. We've got the lights, we've got the tree, and uh, pulling out old decorations and then going out and buying all new ones that you have to then pack away afterwards. But all of this stuff, it's like, it's just all of this stuff that we associate or we tie on because it's Christmassy. I think also of when I was younger, presence was really the thing. I was definitely all about the presents. Christmas morning, and at least here in Germany, I know the 24th is when you open presents. In the States, it's the 25th. And oh my gosh, I just, I was up at six o'clock. I was like, all right, everybody's got to get up. It's time to open presents. And uh, I was kind of a, I'll confess to you guys, my mom also listens to these messages. So sorry, mom, this is how you find out. But I was kind of a, I like to try to figure out where the presents were hidden and then I would find the presents, unwrap them, <laughs> look at what they were, and then put them back, wrap them back up without anyone knowing. <laughs> it was, it was uh, ooh, devious, devious. All right, I've confessed that. It's, it's, uh, it's given to God. We're moving on. But all of these things we associate with Christmas, and again, Looking around, many of you will have different traditions that I have no clue about. You can tell me afterwards. I'd love to hear them. We have all these different ideas of what Christmas is for you. All of these things are really good things. There's nothing wrong with them. I love them. I love the lights. I love the tree. I love the, the decorating. I think there's something wonderful about this time of year in itself. It's filled with all these things that make this season what it is for each and every one of us and our experiences but I think we have to remember also that the season is also famous for something else. Depression. Suicide is actually at its highest around Christmas time. There's something that leaves people feeling empty around this time of year. And I think there are a lot of reasons for this. I think if you have a a Christmas kind of tradition or you have a, a sense of anticipation about Christmas, this can maybe be very distant from you, but I believe that some of us here may be dreading this time of year. And you're thinking, man, I'm going to be alone this year. I don't know what it's going to be like. Maybe you've, it's sometimes that first Christmas after you've just experienced a loss. And then we really begin to see the true value of all of these things that we associate with Christmas and how they don't offer anything real. Even though I love the tree, even though I love the decorations and all of these things, I love a good Christmas movie, they don't satisfy. They don't offer any kind of lasting hope. They don't breathe life into us. As Christmas is meant to do, Christmas is a time of hope and joy and encouragement. And I think that it also leads, which is why we see such a strong divide at this time of year. 
And this is the the one thing, this is what I've whittled the message down to that I want us to remember and focus on no matter what we are looking forward to or what's about to come in the next few weeks is that Christmas is the hope given to the world in the coming of a Savior, Jesus Christ. And we have to come back to that as the core. I have to be reminded of it because I also get swept up by all of the other things that are going on. But this is why we see such a strong division is because this is meant to be a time of hope. But I think sometimes we veer and get either caught up in the, the wrong things and forget the core of what this is really about or Maybe we've already gone that way, and then when it doesn't satisfy, it leaves us so empty. Because all those things that we associate, that we call Christmas, you know, you just add Christmas to anything, and it's suddenly Christmassy. Christmas lights, cookies, tree, the season of Christmas. They are all just shadows of the true and real hope that we have this time of year. Everything else will fade away but Christ. Everything else will fall away. Every gift, this is going to really cheer you guys up, every gift given ever will eventually end up in the garbage. So that's encouraging for all of you guys, especially those who have spent a lot of money on a gift this year. It's all going, it all turns to nothing. It all will fade away. It'll all end up in the garbage. You say, no, 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 this is a really good gift. They're going to keep this one for their life. But it still won't be there forever. It will all fade away. Every cookie, no matter how delicious, how sweet, is a short-lived experience. All the lights burn out. All the trees will die. It all will be gone someday. And a Merry Christmas to you all. The end. That's my encouraging message. No. (laughs) We have to first deconstruct these things before we can get back to the core and construct the true hope we have so that we have a foundation to stand on, so that our feet are firmly planted on something that's real and true and that we would not fall into despair when things don't line up or don't uh, meet the needs or meet the desire or meet the expectation that we have for this time of year, or that we would not get caught up in a phony sense of joy and happiness because we see people we haven't seen or eat good food or enjoy the sight of Christmas lights or whatever it might be, that we wouldn't find our happiness in that, but we would be rooted in this time of year. Not just for ourselves, but for those around us. Those who maybe aren't in a place of happiness this time of year. And that we would have a joy that, as, as Sam mentioned with the missions, I think, reminding ourselves that we are a light and a salt in this world. And that we can only truly be that when we are standing firmly on something real. And I think this time of year, that is more important than ever. And this, is, this truth of everything fading away is... It's the, it's the truth that we, where we see despair and disappointment and depression rooted. When we seek hope and comfort in the temporal rather than the eternal. And there's a reason for that. 
In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it tells us that, in verse 11, it tells us that God has set eternity in the human heart. He set eternity in the human heart. And that's why, whether it's Christmas or our birthday or just a good day or a bad day, any time that we seek happiness in what's around us, and again, this time of year more than ever, I think this is true, when we seek happiness in where we think we're supposed to be happy, in things that will not last, they will not be there forever, they always fall short. They always feel empty. They always feel like dust in our hand. They turn to ash in our mouth because they are not eternal. And we are eternal. Eternity is in our hearts. We're created that way. and We're created to have something that lasts. To have something that doesn't just connect with me now, but connects with me in my eternal perspective. And the part of me that is meant to live on forever that will outlive all of my great gifts and experiences and relationships, something that will last for a lifetime and beyond. Christmas and all its traditions are merely a shadow of the true source of joy. Christ is this joy, this light that shines in this season and gives us this hope and this comfort and this peace. And it casts this shadow on everything else that we tie, or we tie in with this Christmas season. It casts a shadow onto all of the decorating and the experiences and the Christmas markets. And it, it feels like we're, we're getting a piece of that joy, but it's only the shadow of what's really there. And we as God's people, as God's children, don't need to be satisfied in the shadow. We can go to the source. And I don't want to belittle traditions. As I, I, again, I love them. And I'm not, meant, I'm not trying to lead you into despair if you're not struggling with it. I hope instead to direct us all to this source and to go there and to cling to it and to always find our satisfaction and our joy and our hope there, not in the shadows that it casts in everywhere else. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14 this is a depiction of a part of the, the nativity of, of Jesus' birth. And I think it's, it's one of my favorite passages on this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. Can you imagine the scene? Can you imagine they're just sitting there minding their business, watching their sheep? I don't know if you've ever been around sheep. Not a lot going on there. We have a lot of sheep over by my house where I live. I live a little outside of the city. Sometimes I watch them. You can watch them for five minutes or an hour. You're not going to see anything different. 
So they were definitely just in the zone of boredom, of watching their sheep. And all of a sudden, an angel appears. And then a host of angels. The sky was filled with them. And there's something in that, in their declaration. They were bringing good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And this is what we feel in in the Christmas season. This is what we seek, this this joy, this great joy that we're meant to have. that's, That's what this season brings. But we can so easily get distracted or lean a little bit off from the source of that joy. But here we see these angels. They get it. And you know, in, a, a few weeks ago, we looked at, uh, in First Peter chapter 1, Peter describes our salvation in, in such a beautiful way, which I wanted to get into, but again, trying to keep it short today. And um, he describes our salvation. He describes what we've received through Christ and, and this living hope we have in Him. And then it says, after that, in verse 10, it says, concerning this salvation, and then goes on in verse 12 to say that even the angels long to look into these things. And then here with this image of a sky filled with angels glorifying God for what he had done in sending a Savior, we see what this is depicting They had sat back and watched throughout history from the beginning of time, from the moment that Adam and Eve were created to the time that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. They had seen the unveiling or the unveiling and unraveling of God's plan, the revealing of God's plan to save us. And with longing, with eagerness, they had been watching and waiting to see how would God do it? How would God reveal His truth? How would God reveal His salvation for His people? How would He save them? And here it was revealed in Jesus Christ. And as the skies were filled with angels that night on Jesus' birth, I want to be clear, they were not under compulsion. They were not being commanded by God to go and sing They were excited. They had joy. This was a genuine excitement and joy in this great, wonderful, precious revelation given to man of a Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the moment of revelation, the displaying of God's perfect plan for yours and my salvation. Through the coming of Jesus Christ. That is the hope I stand on today in this season. That is the promise I cling to. These angels got it. And they were declaring that not just a way, not just a Savior, the Messiah, the promised one. And Messiah is, is the, it's basically the same word for Christ, just from the Greek instead of from the Hebrew. So if you didn't know this, Jesus Christ is not his first and last name. It is Jesus, the anointed, the appointed one. 
The one that had been prophesied about, had been promised to the people. The one who would save his people. And this is the moment they got it. Now it made sense. God's plan of salvation, his promised Savior had come and came as a baby to save us. This, this is our eternal hope. This is our joy. And when we seek the joy that we can find in Jesus Christ and in him alone as an unfading, eternal source of our joy and our hope, even in the midst of trials, even when we don't have such a happy Christmas season, when we seek his joy and his hope anyway, then we have a hope that will never fade, never rot, never wither, never rust, never end up in the garbage, but will be there for eternity. And the hope we have is not only in Jesus as this baby that was born, but as our Savior, and that our salvation freely is given to us through Him. I'll read again from our text in Luke. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So whether this season is a time of excitement and anticipation and joy and happiness, or maybe this is a season that you've dreaded with worry of loneliness and depression, let's not look to the shadows, but to the source. Because the shadows of our real hope in Christ dissipate and fade away quickly by the surpassing light given off by Jesus Christ and the glory of Him as our source of hope. As we're going through the book of 1 Peter right now, I'll close or begin to close with verse 8 and 9 of chapter 1 in 1 Peter. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Today we rejoice along with the angels that sang on Christ's birth that he has come. And this is something to find joy in and hope in today. We are filled with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory at the working of our faith. The work that Christ began in us, the Holy Spirit works in us, sanctifies us, as we've been talking a lot about in 1 Peter. We're filled with glory at this work that we've received, ultimately in the salvation of our souls. For it's not something that's temporary. Not just a season, but it is for eternity that our souls have been saved by the finished work of Jesus Christ. And that's what I want us to stand on and cling to and remember today in this season above all else. 
No matter how many times we've heard it, no matter how many times I've heard it or said it, I'm always, I always need to be reminded of the work of Christ, especially in a busy season like Christmas. I want to invite the band, or yeah, the band to come up to the front, and we will prepare to take communion together. And we want to take communion as an act of our declaration of this work that's been done within us. I think that to me is the root of, of uh, when he says, do this in remembrance of me. It's, it's not just so that we remember, but that we can declare that we remember. It's an action that we are taking to say, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord. I believe that the work that he did on the cross was enough, that his body was broken, that his blood was spilled out so that I might be saved today, so that I can have freedom from my sins, so that I am forgiven. And that's what we believe. And so I want to be, in a moment, we're going to take some time for prayer and, I want to, and repentance. But it isn't so that you're made right with God in a, in a sense that you have to work or kind of catch up to with or fill in the gaps that Jesus didn't fill in. The work is done. You are forgiven 100% completely of every sin, past, present, and future. But we do want to take time to repent. We do want to take time to confess and not just our sins, but to lay down our burdens right now and say, God, maybe, maybe you are dreading this time of the year. Maybe you are worried about the loneliness and, and the sorrow that sometimes can be associated with this season and lay that down at his feet right now and say, I, I see you as my, as my source of hope today. I see you as my strength today. I want to rest in you because you said all those who are weary and heavy laden come to me and I will give you rest. And so I come to you now. And that's what this is about. So we'll take right now two, three minutes to come to Christ and say, here's my burden. I want to exchange it for rest, exchange it for peace. Here's the sin I'm struggling with. I want to exchange it for forgiveness. I want to stand on you as my hope this season. So we'll take two or three minutes for that. And then I'll invite you guys all to come up to the front where we will take communion together from hopefully 